Hi everyone, and welcome to the 207th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello. Churro, what's up? My mouth hurts. Oh no! Stop that! I can't, it, it's... You can think of cavity for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's too bad. Yeah, so you're you're gonna be at a commission soon, right? Yeah, in two weeks. Um, oh no. I'm having, I'm gonna have an implant. Like, I had a cavity in my upper right molar. Yeah. So they're gonna extract that, and then they're gonna bone, bone graft it, and then let it heal, and then they're gonna go back in once it's done healing and drill a hole and put an implant in its place, so... I will be out of commission uh, for the next recording. Oh, and which wow. is unfortunate because yeah, that is when Melody of Memory, Memory is releasing. So yeah, well, no worries. I'll uh, I'll I'll reach out to you to get your uh, uh, impressions on it. it. You know, if if you know, assuming you've played it uh, by the time I uh, reach out to you, and uh, I'll, I'll let everybody know what you think. But man, literally none of what you said is anything I would ever want to have that done to my teeth. It's <laughs> like terrible. So drill my... and bone graft and no, none of that in teeth. Uh, so that's why my advice to everybody listening is please go to the dentist. If, yes. If you can, please do. Yeah. I'll, I'll just uh, say from uh, experience that I had a pretty bad dental situation. Um, uh, I want to say last year, yeah, it was it, it was about about a year ago uh, when I came back to uh, the U.S. Uh, for you know Christmas time in 2019. So yeah, t- talk about like uh, perfect timing. That's like literally the last time you can uh, travel internationally before COVID 19 happened. Uh, trust me, I didn't know about it then, but. Uh, uh yeah when i went back to the states um like all my life well not all my life but like for a long time in my life i had uh orthodontic stuff going on you know braces and retainers and that sort of stuff and uh probably since i was i want to say 23 i had a permanent retainer installed behind my lower teeth and I just sort of left it there and never had it uh, adjusted or fixed if it was broken or anything, just because I had dealt with so many times where I had my retainer removed by my orthodontist and then my teeth moved back and I would have to get braces again. Con- like over the course of like seven years, I had braces. It was awful. So at one point I was just like, just put the retainer on and let's just leave it there because so far that was the most successful thing where yeah i did have metal in my mouth but it was on the back of my teeth so you wouldn't see it i never really noticed it there like yeah i knew it was there if i thought about it and like went and touched my tongue on the back of my teeth i knew it was there but it was you know for the most part fine the problem was can't floss with that easily and i would always have problems with like my gums bleeding and my teeth being very sensitive there because of the retainer on the back of my teeth well i finally after so many years got the thing removed uh in the states and then got like a real deep cleaning and it was the most excruciatingly painful like dental experience i've ever had um now 
you know, I've lived in Japan this long. Why didn't I just do this in Japan? Well, I don't know. I was just like really afraid that they wouldn't understand and like it would be really complicated to explain. I don't like orthodontics back in the state versus, you know, in 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 Japan, you know, can be very different. It's not covered under insurance here in Japan. So I just figured, you know what, let me just do it in Japan or let me just do that in America. The part, you know, the removal part, even though it would be very expensive. I didn't have dental insurance, had to pay, you know, had to pay for it out of pocket. But once that was done, ever since then, I have been going without fail to the dentist every three months, and it has been amazing. My teeth are fine. I haven't had any issues. Um, No pain. I can floss. And my teeth haven't moved back because apparently having a permanent retainer on the back of your teeth for like several years like i want to say like maybe six years i had that on the back of my teeth uh turns out that'll keep it from moving ever like apparently the bones just sort of figure it out by then so so far so you got lucky there yeah Yeah. right so uh so that that, that's been good so yeah I, i i i'm gonna second your recommendation of uh yeah, go to the dentist, and uh, at least in my case, I go every three months, and I make my appointment for the next time I go to the dentist at that same dentist appointment. Like, before I leave that office, I make the next appointment, just to be sure that I have it. And they call me before, just to make sure, and it's so far so good. I'm on a, <laughs> I'm on a positive cycle. Uh, That's good. Like I haven't been to a dentist since I got my wisdom teeth removed, which was twenty thirteen. So yeah, about seven years. Yeah. So definitely dentist, it's a good idea. Dental pain is like it's like some of the worst pain ever. So yeah, anything you can do to avoid that. Uh I guess let's let's say something video game related. Uh hey Charo, like currently at the time of us recording this, but this will be like way late for uh anybody uh not well, not here, so anybody listening to the podcast. But uh it's still technically Halloween, so um uh I played Until Dawn a little bit. Uh, did you play anything horror related? I played I streamed earlier uh Doki Doki Blue Skies, which is a Doki Doki Literature Club mod. Yeah. And in that mod they have a Halloween segment. Where oh, cool! Where the the Dokies and the main character all break into the school and have a little, you know, Halloween get together at the literature club. So, oh, cool! Where I left, I didn't get to finish the Halloween segment, but where I left off, we were currently like trading like scary stories. And, okay. Um, so, so I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. Now I I don't know too much about the Blue Skies mod, but I'm just gonna go out on on a limb here with Doki Doki Literature Club and um. I'll just I'll I'll tread on this subject lightly, but the way it tends to deal with um uh being surprising, we'll say, and uh I'll just assume that this might be scary in some way. It could be. Um, <laughs> the it depends on the person who created the mod. Okay, like, there are mods out there that still carry the psychological horror as the base game. Yeah. Well, while there are other people who more go just for the visual vanilla. novel. Yeah, visual novel route. Okay. So it just really depends on... I hear that this mod does have psycho... Like, I don't want to say psychological horror to the extent of the base game, but there is our choices that can 
you know, lean towards that way. that way. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So it just really depends. Uh, but I haven't seen anything so far. I'm still kind of early in the in okay. the mod, but um, yeah, it's it just really does it seem like person. it's uh, like it's pretty long. I believe this is just as long as like the base game, but if wow. not even longer. That's crazy. Oh, wait, actually, going back on the trailer that I watched, it is actually longer. There are more, um, there are more things to do, more locations, new characters, new dialogue. So basically, yeah, it's gonna be it's it's a lot longer than the base game. Yeah, that's actually something that I really like about like visual novels as a genre is like it's such an accessible uh, medium that like it is totally viable that if a fan is able to mod the game, they could literally make something on the same level of quality as the original work, if not better. And I know for uh, Doki Doki, that is definitely the case. Like there, I've seen the case. I've seen some mods that are better than the base game in terms of like production value. And I've seen others that are like at the same level at least. So yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how like the Doki Doki uh, modding community is so great because they'll even get like artists to recreate like new locations in the same art style as Mm -hmm. you know what they present in the game as well as give the characters new clothing new poses you know it's it's fantastic i mean um i've been watching like a few youtubers you know stream their playthroughs of mods that were released year a couple years ago and i'm like and I'm like, and just enjoying every single one with the story. And it's like, now I can't wait to actually play these mods myself. Yeah. The only thing that I've, that I've, I've only slightly seen, but I wish there was like a proper mod that, you know, made this happen in the actual game is I saw on YouTube, there was at least one channel trying to do a full uh, dub of like the main base Doki Doki storyline. I just wish that there was like an actual mod that like just went for it a hundred percent and did a full dub of the game because like I I really love Doki Doki but like you know having to sit through and read it all like man I I really wish kind of kind of kind of make like a movie version of it yeah because they yeah. call it yeah I I could uh, you know it, it's it's rare to to be honest though it's rare for visual novels to uh go for voice acting just cuz like the the just the sheer volume of content that there is and the fact that usually visual novels tend to be like lower budget so therefore you know going from a no voice acting uh visual novel to a voice acting visual novel where you have to hire a bunch of uh, voice actors to record possibly hours of dialogue. That's a huge jump in budget. So I totally understand why most visual novels don't have voice acting. But I mean, it's a lot of work because, like, yeah. you know, as someone who's played the base game with friends who's who all voice character, you know, character yeah. in the while streaming it, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So I I totally get why not. And why it's why so many like there's like been several uh, games that I've seen where there's like fan projects to do fan dubs that I ha- I don't think I've ever seen a single one completed uh, where they've done that. I've seen one of a uh, Final Fantasy eight. There was this uh, Final Fantasy eight fan dub YouTube channel 
And they did quite a lot, but they could not maintain it for the whole game. And yeah, I don't blame them. It's like so long. But uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Uh, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is IKHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. Yes, you heard it right. We do have a news segment. Wait, we got news? Yes. You gotta trust in us, people. We always make it happen. I'm not vouching, you know, I've said it in the past, you know, the news segment is a segment on the Kingdom Hearts Union podcast that must be enjoyed in two ways. You enjoy it for the fact, uh, you enjoy it for the news, but you must also enjoy it for the meta fact that there, that, you know, sometimes, even in news droughts, we somehow manage to scrounge up enough content to put in there to make a new segment. So there's like two, you know, there's two avenues for appreciation of our Kingdom Hearts Union news segment. It's the news itself and then the fact that there is any news in the news segment at all. And this is definitely more of the latter half. So I hope you enjoy to see what kind of crazy uh, things we pulled out this time. And then, yeah, question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahika Blaui, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calrow, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23, Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod. And, uh, sure, if you take these last ones. We have Tori Patrick, Freya Stella, Fayez Bayali, Flipser Nuss, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, that, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Duranto, Ian Potato Exclamation Point, Rachel Casterton, who's at Uber Noon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster 73, and jo- Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And just as a reminder, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind spoilers are fair game. And Pretty I much do you're en- going to have to update that to Melody Memory. Right? <laughs> at some point. Actually, I-, I wanted to ask about that is like, uh, Churro, what are you thinking about? Like, because I'm wondering, when should we make it okay for Melody of Memory spoilers? And I guess, like, my first consideration for me, what I think should be the determining factor, is how much of the story is even going to be new at all. We <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> like, we don't even gonna- know how, how much content there's going to be. I feel like, personally, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be as much new content as Remind had. I think it's going to be the same level as, like, Recoded. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So it might be, like, literally one one little cutscene, pretty much. I think maybe maybe a little bit more than that. Maybe, like, between Recoded and Remind, but... True. I don't yeah. think it's on the level of Remind. I think it's less. Um, 
at least we'll know by like the Japanese release. Yeah, that's if we're true. Gonna get, if we're gonna spoil ourselves that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll just have to be careful on that kind of stuff, and uh, I guess just on the whole. Uh, at, at first, you know, definitely we'll uh, give spoilers, and I, you know, depending on how much new content there is, uh, I, I do anticipate uh, on next episode I'll probably throw in a little bit of a spoiler cast just to give my uh, quick gut reactions to whatever new revelations there are um uh currently you know w- when we're giving out the spoiler warning you know this kingdom hearts 3 remind spoiler warning is not necessarily just a spoiler warning but a fact that the spoilers are fair game so i don't mind for a little bit having the remind sp- or, or the uh, melody of memory spoilers not necessarily being fair game but being something that we uh always say you know spoiler warning before you know at least for maybe like a month but yeah i don't I don't see it being much longer than that because i don't expect there to be that much new content through it so um i also feel like you know even for people that don't plan on playing melody of memory youtube is a thing so i think it's probably pretty easy to get caught up on the story so i i don't think there's any reason to take a long time on, you know, not covering spoiler content for that game. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the news segment. So speaking of Melody of Memory, uh, just as a reminder, it is releasing in, uh, internationally on November 13th, uh, and in Japan on the 11th. So, uh, definitely if you are interested in playing that, uh, get your pre-orders in while you can and, uh, definitely, uh, play it when you you know if you do want to if you have decided to uh get in on it if not i guess you could always wait for reviews see what people think about it um a i guess yeah for our first bit of uh actual kind of news there was some interesting gameplay released on this uh malaysian gaming sites youtube channel called gamers uh santis maybe sentais uh, uh, on their YouTube channel, and it features uh, the versus mode. And uh, in this versus mode, they actually showed off several uh, songs. They had uh, Destiny Islands, Traverse Town, but they had some other ones, and some other ones that are pretty interesting specifically for us on this show, specifically me personally. They had another side, the battle version. And even though the this particular version, the only time it really played in the Kingdom Hearts, uh, or the main time it played in the Kingdom Hearts series, was actually during Birth by Sleep when uh, Aqua was fighting uh, Brag. Even though that is the case, the world that this song takes place in is the world that never was. And it features... As enemies, very heavily, Neo Shadows all over the place. Churro. Wait, didn't, didn't that song play in uh, Days as well? Yeah, it played, it played in Days, but it was like a much lower quality version of it because, you know, it was on the, you know, it's on the DS. Yeah. So th- this particular, like, recording of it is from Birth by Sleep, to my uh, knowledge. I think probably at this point, 
like in uh the uh, movie version of days i'm sure they use it but um yeah in, in terms of like uh when this version was first premiered uh i think it was uh, birth by sleep first so uh yeah basically churro it's deep dive the game but actually it's a rhythm game you're, you're 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 they're just like dancing around the the beat around the bush for you <laughs> literally dancing around it literally uh okay so i'm just gonna say okay as as an as the eternal deep dive fan um am i happy about this i don't know am i happy that they're coming back to deep dive at all absolutely am i happy that this is the form that it comes back in no not really but you know what as someone who is an extreme fan of deep dive, uh, I am very happy to see it come back. I, it is. <laughs> I think the other funny thing about this is that uh, it is actually also raining uh, during this, and it's very similar to the really awful rain that appeared during uh, Kingdom Hearts Two. Remember in Kingdom Hearts Two when um, what you call it, uh, Sora goes to Melody Skyscraper. And it is, uh, it starts raining and it's like maybe like two or three drops of rain and it's the most pathetic rain ever and it doesn't look like rain at all. It's basically like that. So I do appreciate that they're keeping that up. Uh, the other nice thing that makes it more specific that this is the deep dive song and the deep dive, uh, version of the song is that this version of, the world that never was does not contain the uh the organization 13 castle in the sky that's not there just like in deep dive um whereas i think if i'm not mistaken in dream drop distance even during the deep dive stuff you could see the organization uh castle in the background which kind of like ruins it a little bit cuz it's like that's not supposed to be there but uh, yeah, I, I I have very mixed feelings about this, but I am in the mix of my feelings. I am generally more happy than not happy. So yeah, I'm glad to have deep dive back in some form. Uh, the other really interesting song though, which I didn't think would be so interesting because it's not the song that's so interesting. It is again, the world uh, is Destiny Islands. And this is interesting for a very peculiar reason. So Churro, the track for the music track goes in a very simple loop, just does a circular circular loop around Destiny Islands. But what's really interesting about it is that this is like, I'm pretty sure, the first time ever that we get to freely... Well, not, not not necessarily freely, but like continuously, we'll say we get to continuously go around Destiny Islands and see it from the back and see exactly how Destiny Islands layout connects together. So not just the front part of Destiny Islands that we always see, but when we go behind there and see the, the obstacle course and all that stuff, we can see exactly how that fits together. And it fits together perfectly. Like, Churl, when you yeah. saw this, w- what was your feeling, like, being able to see that? 
Finally. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, finally. Because, like, you know, with the original Kingdom Hearts game showing us that the first time, and then and then we have only seen, like, the front part of the island in the next... Yeah. In the, in the future games, and it's like, now we... Now we get to have everything connected without exactly. screens. Yeah, so having it all seamless like that, man, it just, like, makes me feel like... It's... It's wonderful to see how effortless that was for, you know, whatever console they're playing on. I'm assuming probably playing on PS4. I just, man, one day, you know, no no rush, but one day, can we get a Kingdom Hearts where we, like, eliminate the loading screens? Uh, one day. Uh, from the original Kingdom Hearts? Like, if they do remake Kingdom Hearts, can we eliminate the loading screens on Destiny Islands? Like, clearly at this point, if you have loading screens, it's literally just a formality and completely unnecessary. Like, it it does not need to be there. Like, we literally had uh, San Francisco and the pirate. Like, the, look at the Pirates of the Caribbean world from from uh, you know Kingdom Hearts uh, Kingdom Hearts three. Like, not even just like the open ocean part of it, but like. Literally, like, Port Royal. Like, Port Royal is a way bigger island than Destiny Islands ever was. And you can completely explore that with no loading screen. So, just at this point, it's like, come on. Can we get Destiny Islands, like, completely seamless? Going from the the islands to the town area. See, that would be awesome. Like, take, yeah. Take the, like, boat tech from pirates but give it to me on the little rowboats i want to row from dusty islands play island to the main island and use that as the load screen if you even need it because like you know churro that you know they're talking about like playstation 5 and like how like loading loading screens are going to be like a thing of the past uh i i saw this really cool uh gif uh from spider-man miles morales where they were uh they were comparing load times between Spider-Man 2018 to Spider-Man Miles Morales. So the example they gave of was uh, regular Spider-Man going from a enemy hideout, an interior, back to going outside to you know the normal New York area, and it took like a solid, I want to say like 20 second load screen to go from the interior to the exterior on the PS4. Whereas in Miles Morales, the way it works is there's like a little pipe that is in the wall that's like way up in, in like near the ceiling area. And you literally just shoot your webs at it and swing up and like pull yourself, like slingshot yourself through the pipe and you're instantly in New York. So... There is no load screen for Miles Morales. It's a load pipe. So he just goes through a pipe and he's out in New York. So if Spider-Man can do it, there's no reason Kingdom Hearts can't do it. I believe in you. You can do it, Kingdom Hearts team. Figure it out. Well, 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 well we can also see how it'll be handled in Final Fantasy 16. That's a good point. Because, yeah, Final Fantasy 16, especially 16, because 16 is, uh, at least for the time being, is going to be... Uh, PS5 exclusive, right? So it'll be exclusive, uh, console exclusive. It'll be also available on PC. Okay. So uh, yeah, I think I... it's only a year exclusivity on the PS5. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to, since it's like you know, for the most part, 
you know, tied to the tied to the PS5, I think it'll be able to take advantage of uh, PS5 uh, tech pretty well. But e- even then, like the Xbox uh, Series X also has, uh, they have a direct storage API that's kind of like similar to the PS5 stuff. So yeah, hopefully uh, loading screens will be a thing of the past. So that should be great. Uh, yeah, so, uh, moving on from there, uh, there was a pretty interesting interview from the gamer. It was mostly not about, uh, Kingdom Hearts, but Kingdom Hearts did end up getting mentioned. So, the gamer had an interview with, uh, Naoki Yoshida, the director and producer of Final Fantasy XIV, and, uh, they asked about possible collaborations, uh, you know, for Final Fantasy XIV with the Kingdom Hearts series. And, you know, Final Fantasy XIV, very famous for having, like, all kinds of crazy collabs with different uh, game series and stuff like that. And uh, basically, uh, he had this to say where it's like, uh, it would be a very big hurdle, so pretty much don't expect any collaborations with Kingdom Hearts. Because basically, Kingdom Hearts is a product that's not fully owned by Square, so it's harder to get that kind of stuff approved now i understand that churro i get that but what i'm not totally you know i don't know where i'm not so satisfied with the answer with yet is the fact that he's talking about how it's not a fully like square owned thing but even then there's been collaborations with Final Fantasy fourteen of things that are not owned by Square at all. Not talking like, oh, it's n- not fully. No, no, no. Not like not at all owned by Square Enix. Like, for example, I saw there's like that ghost from Yokai Watch that's like a mount in Final Fantasy fourteen. Like yeah. that's a level five game. That's n- not square at all. You know, I, I, you know, if I had to rationalize it in my head, though, like I know, I, I know what he really means. What he really means is Disney's the one that owns <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, or, or is going to be the the deciding factor in this situation, and that's not an easy pill to swallow, and that's not like an easy company to uh, to get a collaboration Sweet. with. Whereas, you know, if you try to get a collaboration with, I don't know, Puzzle and Dragons or try to get a collaboration with Level 5 with Yokai Watch, you know, a fellow Japanese company where he probably knows people at that studio, you know, that's a lot simpler than, okay, we got to get this dealing with, you know, Disney in the U.S. They've got to approve it. You know, Disney in Japan's got to approve it. Nomura's got to approve it. Like, (laughs) there's a lot more hurdles. it's so basically the same kind of situation with uh, Smash Brothers. Yep, exactly. You know, it, it, even though it was reported that um, Disney is down with it, it still comes down to Nomura at the very yeah. end. There's, yeah, Kingdom Hearts will forever be like the anomaly of like how do how does anything get done in Kingdom Hearts? Like, so many people have to approve everything. So. Yeah, I I, I get at, it. At least, at least Yoshida acknowledges that people want a collaboration with Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, you yeah, know, and who knows? Sure. Maybe one day he'll he might it might become a reality. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, the, we got to remember it did happen for uh 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 call it World of Final Fantasy. It happened for Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, so it's not impossible 
It's definitely a possibility, but like you said, it's a big hurdle. So I think honestly, um, would you say having a crossover with Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy fourteen, do you think that has a better chance than say Sora appearing in Smash? Oh yeah, yeah. I think the fact that it, it you know, even though he says that yeah, Square doesn't fully own it, well, you know, in the case of Sora and Smash, you're dealing with uh Square Disney and Nintendo all together. So that's that's a lot of uh people you got to convince. Um whereas at least in the case of you know Final Fantasy 14, you 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 remove Nintendo from the equation. So yeah, for sure. Uh getting it getting it in Final Fantasy 14 would be a lot easier, but still complex. Not something i personally expect but you know i mean hey it 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 worked for brave xvs it worked for um worked for uh world of final fantasy so i would say not impossible but uh like he says very difficult um so yeah uh anyway moving on from there uh there was another interesting uh discussion that happened on a live stream this was during, I believe it's called EGS. It was like a Philippine uh, game conference where there was a live stream from, uh, I'm assuming from Japan, because it looks like it came from their Squenerx Presents live stream studio, um, where uh, Shinji Hashimoto basically brought on several producers from uh, various projects at Square. It was really interesting. He got Kitase on he got uh, Ichiro Hazama from uh, the Kingdom Hearts side. He got uh, Naoki Yoshida for uh, FF14. And he got some guy from, um, whatchamacallit, he got some guy from uh, Business Division 2, which is no longer the Final Fantasy XV team. That's not that, not that old Business Division 2. It's the current Business Division 2, which they're in charge of, uh, whatchamacallit, they're in charge of Nier. And I think some other stuff as well, but th- their main thing is uh, the Nier series. I think maybe also Dragon Quest might be under that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, he got on a lot of different people. They had a lot of different uh, interesting things to say. Unfortunately, <laughs> I hate to say this because I do appreciate all the work the producers do, but I'm going to be honest. Anytime producers talk from Square specifically, all they can ever say is, Wow, I really hope everybody goes out and plays the game and enjoys it. I just want to get out here and just encourage everybody to go out when the game comes out and buy this game and enjoy it. You should go out and enjoy the game and, and buy the game and enjoy it and buy the buy the game. Enjoy the game and buy it. That's basically all they can talk about. And they really don't have as much development insight. There was a little bit that came up, but it's really not that much when you're dealing with the uh, more of the producer side of things. And yeah, you know how in any of these interviews, how they'll like present to Nomura, like at the end of the interview, they'll always be like, oh, do you have like a closing message for the fans? You know, at least when Nomura has one of those, like he might actually say something kind of interesting during those. Like he might have an interesting tidbit. Or he might be like, you know, like recently he was in that one interview where he's like, oh, you know, I want you, you know, I know there's not a lot of news right now, but like 
I definitely want you to look forward, you know, to 2022 when it's going to be the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. So, you know, keep your eyes out for that. And, you know, in the time being, you know, enjoy Melody of Memory. So that that's kind of how he set that up, right? So, but with these producers, like literally all they can end up saying at the end of the day is enjoy the game, buy the game. And that's, that's, well, that's what their job as a producer is. <laughs> that is what their job is. So true. It's true to who they are. But like, yeah, that's like. I don't know. That's like the kind of situation where, you know, remember at the Game Awards in, in 2014 where Shinji Hashimoto gets out on stage to announce Final Fantasy VII for PS4 and everybody's thinking it's the remake and then he just laughs. Uh, that's I, I think that's like peak producer experience for Square Enix. So, But yeah, so speaking on the, the conversation that they did have, because there was an interesting one, is that, uh, yeah, uh, they basically just confirmed uh, one of the questions that was asked from the fans to uh, uh, Hazuma-san was, uh, oh, so is this game, uh, what game engine is this game being developed on? And then Hazuma's response was, which I thought was hilarious, was like, oh, wait, this is a question from a fan? I... I and then uh, Hashimoto was like, yeah, it appears so. I was like, wow, I didn't expect this kind of technical question to come from the fans. And then I just thought to myself, oh, I guess I guess that confirms that Hasuma has never listened to our podcast because that's like that's like our podcast summarized right there. Is yeah. like technical questions, the podcast. So, uh, yeah, basically they confirmed that it runs on Unity, which if you listen to the last episode, uh, we we told you that because it's literally in the demo and it says so. Um, and basically he, he went on to explain that the team that is developing Melody of Memory uh, is uh, very familiar with Unity. So that's why they decided to go with that engine. Um, so I, I went in and uh, did a little uh, my own research and found that... Um, so that logo that you see at the beginning of the demo uh, for that studio called Indies Zero. So that is a studio. They're 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 independent, but they're work they work a lot in uh, contract development, and uh, they were the contracted developer that uh, made uh, Theat Rhythm actually. So uh, that basically explains everything. You know, it was a. Uh, they, uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts team contacted the Theat Rhythm team for, to get them to make a rhythm game for Kingdom Hearts. And actually, speaking towards that, uh, another interesting tidbit that came out of this conversation was that the original idea for this game was to make it a 2D style rhythm game like Theat Rhythm. Now, I don't know in terms of art style how that would have been, but I would kind of personally assume that it would basically just be Theat Rhythm. Fiat Rhythm Kingdom Hearts. Um and actually we can see in like the title screens, like or in like in the loading screens, there's that 2D Sora, Donald, and Goofy that walk by. Like, if he asked me, I think that's probably what the original vision for the game would have been. Is probably oh, that art style. They're, 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 you know, to me it just seems like a classic, you know, Easter egg, you know, yeah. throwback to that because remember you had the avatar kingdom at one point yeah there was that too that's true but uh yeah so i th- I thought that was interesting that yeah originally it was going to be a 2d concept 
But then uh, it was actually Tetsuya Nomura that came out and was like, uh, uh, said to them that actually what he wants is he wanted a full blown 3D game so that it felt more like the main Kingdom Hearts series, that it basically followed the same art style. So um, that that's that basically was that. That's how uh, they decided to go 3D. It was basically Nomura uh, heard their idea to go 2D and was like, nah, let's do 3D. And they did. And uh, basically from there, uh, Hazuma-san said that uh, probably the most difficult thing that they uh, dealt with during the development of uh, Melody of Memory is trying to balance the... Uh, you know, the gameplay with the visuals, you know, dealing with this 3D style and the requirements of a uh, rhythm game to be very clear because, you know, you need to know when exactly you're supposed to hit your hits to the time of the beat and the background can't be too distracting. But if it's not vibrant enough, then it doesn't feel like Kingdom Hearts because Kingdom Hearts, obviously, a very vibrant 3D art style. So, yeah, that's you know he basically described that that was like that was like the big challenge of uh, the development was trying to balance that you know the crazy beautiful art style of Kingdom Hearts, but also trying not to detract from the gameplay as well. And uh, uh, yeah, and I guess yeah, just lastly, speaking as a true producer, he recommends that this is a good starting point for the series uh, because. Uh, Kyrie is there to, uh, you know, be the narrator and basically will summarize, you know, the prior games for you. So, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of see where he's coming from. I still question, you know, the other parts of the game where the story is actually going to be pushed forward. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll, uh, just have to give him the benefit of the doubt for now that, uh, it is a good starting point. And I'm, I'm assuming, especially for Switch owners, that's definitely a possibility that this could be someone's first Kingdom Hearts game. So yeah, I think that's uh that that's pretty much the news segment. I think uh actually I do remember one thing though. I don't know if you saw this churro, but there was a uh an interview and you guys will you guys will have to look this up on your own to get get more specific cuz I'm doing this purely from memory. But there was an interview with uh, Yosuke Matsuda recently where they were talking about how COVID-19 has been affecting uh, their development. And it was actually kind of a little scary saying that basically a lot of uh, in-production games are kind of uh, on hold. Be- uh, not, necess- not necessarily on hold, but he said that development on them has not been going as smoothly. It's actually been very hard for games that are early in production to get you know, momentum going during COVID-19 where a lot of people are working from home. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a a little scary. But I hope uh, in Kingdom Hearts' case, I mean, clearly we're, you know, we're going to get Melody of Memory releasing soon. So that's fine. Like, we'll, we'll have a game. I worry a little bit for, you know, future titles such as like Kingdom Hearts 4. But... I don't know how you feel on it, Churro, but I, I also kind of feel like Kingdom Hearts 4 to me is just, it must be so early on that I think any time that is spent now will probably be mostly pre-production stuff 
So we're talking like Nomura coming up with the concepts, the scripts, the, uh, you know, the general mock-up of what the story will be. And, you know, you might have like concept artists as well making concept art and all that stuff can be done separately. That can be done from home pretty easily and doesn't like the pre-production like core staff tends to be a lot smaller. Like I feel like it's not as much a problem until you get further into production where you're talking like, uh, you know, the phase known as full production where you know, you're staffing up to hundreds of people in your staff and there's a lot of people in-house working together collaboratively making the game together. I could see that being uh, any game that's in that phase. I could see that being a problem. But in terms of like Kingdom Hearts 4, I don't think Kingdom Hearts 4 is anywhere near there. I think they're probably still in the very early phases uh churro churro does does this worry you at all for for any kingdom hearts games no i mean they'll come out when they come out yeah (laughs) i mean i'm in no rush i mean specifically when there's other games to play but at the same time as a fan i mean i mean nomara is constantly evolving the kingdom Hearts series as each title comes along so it's like and of course it's going to take some time for him to implement something new into it so yeah I mean, I would say give him the time he needs as long as it's not like, you know, a, a cyberpunk type of situation where yeah. you're spending eight years in development and having four delays in a row. Yeah. Yeah, that is tough. Um, Yeah, uh, I think that's a good point is like, you know, give Nomura the time he needs. Like, at, at this current phase, like, if Nomura, like, even if it does, let's say hypothetically, uh, push back the production a little bit of the next game i think having a little bit of extra time for pre-production is not a bad thing like that could actually be really good because you know if you think about it this is going to be the start of a new saga for kingdom hearts so i think it's important for namora to have extra time to you know sit down and really think about this stuff and really think through where he wants things to go and even if he does have a concrete idea of where it's going to go well, maybe he can make it even better or flesh it out more, really like take his time on it. I think like for this sort of stuff, it's the kind of job that the more time you put into it, the better it is. I can definitely speak from that case as an artist. There's a lot of art forms uh, and I'm sure writing is one of them. That, it, you know, the more time you spend on it, the more time you think about it, the better it gets. And I think, yeah, with Nomura's stuff that he does, I think that can only help him. And I don't anticipate this to be a problem forever. Look, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine development is, you know, going well. You know, we got to be positive about that. that there's going to be a vaccine soon. But even if it does take a little bit longer, I believe that at the very least if this does end up going a lot longer that Square Enix is eventually going to figure out how to cope with working from home. Like it's, it's tough to be thrown in at the deep end, but at the, you know, eventually you figure it out. Eventually they're going to come up with something. So I I have hope in Square Enix that they're going to figure something out. They're a big company. They have a lot of money. So I'm sure they can figure it out. A lot of other studios have figured it out. A lot of other big game studios are, you know, 
still releasing big games, so I, I, I'm sure it's possible. So, uh, yeah, anyway, moving on to the question segment. Our first question comes from Victor Dotson, and they ask, So with both PlayStation 5 and the Series X supporting backwards compatibility, do you think a next-gen release of Kingdom Hearts 3 is likely? It kind of feels unnecessary if the original release still works. Huh. <sighs> Are you feeling that depends on Square Enix. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's I mean, honestly, if, if backwards compatibility works, I mean, why why would they do a re-release? Yeah, that <laughs> is a a good point. I guess it. Mm. I mean, they could just market it as you know another you know the complete collection like they do right now. Already. Yeah, you know, but for PS, you know, if you have a pa- fancy PS Five logo on it. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how it's going to work, because I know, like, you know, Churro, you mentioned before Cyberpunk. At least in the case of Cyberpunk, there has yet to be any announcement of an official, like, PlayStation 5 release or an official PlayStation or official Xbox Series X release. But what they have announced is instead a patch that would improve the game for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X when playing in compatibility mode. Uh, that's not going to happen at launch, though. That's something that they're, that they're promising for later that would be a free update. But I, I can't imagine, there's no way that CD Projekt Red is not going to release an actual PS5 version and an actual Xbox One X. Uh, one uh, series x version like they've spent so much time there's no way they're not going to release that like that's like like think about rockstar and how many times they've re-released uh gta 5 like even from the beginning they went from uh releasing it late generation for the playstation 3 and xbox 360 and then they re-released uh gta 5 in about a year for the uh, Xbox One and the uh, PlayStation 4. So I kind of expect that to be the case for a lot of games. And, you know, Kingdom Hearts is, uh, you know, Unreal Engine 4. And, you know, I, I don't know. It, 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 yeah, I think ultimately, it's like you said, Churro. It's up to Square Enix. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a little bit unprecedented what we're dealing with. The fact that there's like, yeah, it is backwards compatible. You know, there is a backwards compatibility mode and theoretically it will actually look better just automatically for running on newer co- uh, hardware. So I guess it's uh, anyone's guess at this point. Um, I guess my personal guess though, I think they will. And the reason I think they will is uh, it's something for them to sell. That's a new uh, skew. It's a new skew on a shelf that they can sell. People will buy it. People that haven't played it before or people that have played it before that are big fans that want the new version. And as long as they put a couple of extra bells and whistles in it, I think it'll be worth it. And at least in Kingdom Hearts 3's case, they've got Remind. So they could package Remind in and that'll instantly be something a little bit more interesting than anything else. Throw in Melody of Memory and you got a package there. So uh yeah so uh anyway churro moving uh move on to the next one 
Alright, this is from Diamond Ratio. And they write, Looks like the PS5's DualSense controller has some pretty amazing features. The triggers can have their sensitivity altered depending on what you're doing in the game. And the vibration can produce some really interesting effects. For example, vibrating with the footsteps of the character and adjusting how it vibrates to match the surface they're walking on. What kind of effects do you, th do you think a future Kingdom Hearts could do with the DualSense controller? So yeah, um, that is uh, something that is making the rounds quite a bit now with a lot of uh, PlayStation 5 uh, previews. Um, so I guess my first reaction real quick is I'm personally not sure if Kingdom Hearts would take advantage too much of the DualSense controller. And the reason I say that is... Uh, while yes, all of these things are cool, they seem like they do require a little bit of effort. And I'm not saying that effort is the thing that's going to limit it. I think what is going to limit it is the fact that Kingdom Hearts tends to release multi-platform. So PlayStation 5 wouldn't be the only console it's going to release on. So it's one of those things where since it's not a console exclusive it's hard to say if it's gonna be utilized much at all like you know take take for example the the playstation 4 how many games actually use the touchpad as a touchpad like not many at all like most games like yeah if you press the button it'll it'll do something but it's usually not used as a touchpad at all. It's actually kind of funny. I, I mentioned before I'm playing uh, Until Dawn, and Until Dawn, you know, a uh, PS4 exclusive game that came out in 2015. So, you know, a little bit, I think 2015, maybe 2016. So not too much long after the release of the PS4, and it's also a uh, console exclusive. So you you better believe there's you know motion controls for the ps4 controller there's touchpad stuff like you swipe on the uh it's actually pretty interesting you swipe on the touchpad and you can like slide to unlock the the character smartphones and uh there's also like uh they use motion controls in a really interesting way instead of using it for like well there's like a motion control mode but even in non-motion control mode, there's one that I really like where sometimes you'll get like a quick time event where it tells you don't move. And that's really hard because <laughs> it's like, you you know, I had this situation where the prompt came on screen and then like just instantly my gut reaction is to like try to move the controller around to try to get it so you know, it can like, I don't know, see my controller better, but then it's like, no, the actual prompt is don't move. And it's like, oh man, that was, that was really good. But, uh, yeah, uh, not many games use the motion controls or the touchpad. So kind of in that same way, I kind of doubt that they'll use it, but if they did, mm, I do like the idea of having really detailed uh, vibration and I'll give you an example of where I'd like to see it. And I'd like to see it specifically with magic. I want to have some really detailed vibration effects that go with the special effects. 
you know, I want the lightning effects to have like a lot of little rumbles and, you know, feel like there's something going through my controller that feels almost like lightning is going through it. Like I want it to have that kind of sensation and then fire. I want fire to feel more, I don't know. I don't know, continuous, like, I don't know, like wind blowing or something. I don't know. Something like that. Like, I feel like magic effects, if you can tie it in with that, that would be super cool. Uh, in terms of like footsteps, I feel like for Kingdom Hearts, since it's not purely a platforming game, it might get a little bit too uh, annoying for it to constantly have that, but I would appreciate it if it was there. Because I, I don't know about you, Churro, but back in the day when I was like playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time, one of the things that I really appreciated about Kingdom Hearts at the time, it was one of the first games that I played where as you walked on different surfaces, it had different sounds. You know, like when you walked on the sand in Destiny Islands, it sounded like sand. But then when you walked out on the planks, you know, on the plank bridge, it actually sounded like you're running on wood. And when you're running in the water, it would actually have a splashing sound. Like, games on the PS1 era, they didn't really do that. So, like, seeing that game being, the you know, one of the first on the PS2 come right out the gate with, you know, customized footstep sounds. Like, that was really cool. So, I don't know. I kind of like it. So, I mean, yeah. Do you have any ideas, Churro, for kind of what you'd like to see? Maybe maybe during a summon sequence it'll be like oh, yeah. they appear on screen, oh. and when they like do like their final like because you know how you have like a final attack, or something like that you can have it just vibrate all crazy. Yep, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, but sometimes you know I you know sometimes just because it's there doesn't mean they should always use it. Yeah, I mean one of the, my biggest complaints is when with the Vita, for example, mm-hmm. when they had that back. Oh yeah, that thing of the. Of the, I think a touch sensitive uh, control on the back of the Vita. Yeah, that was awful. It was really bad, and like, and you and the Uncharted Vita game try to use that a lot, Ugh. and that got so frustrating. So sometimes I can say that sometimes that if it's there, you know, sometimes it's good to use it. Sometimes it doesn't. To me, it doesn't make a difference. But it'd be really cool though. But in the end, I just hope they have an option to turn it off. Yeah, I think something that does give me hope about these features, though, is that unlike the like not so good gimmicks of PlayStation's past, uh, these are things that we already have that developers do implement. Like, for example, vibration that that's in games now already and people do like it. So having better vibration, I, I don't think that's bad for it for any sake will they do it will they go through the effort of like really making some interesting vibration effects i don't know but i i think if they have it and it's heavily featured throughout the game i don't think it'll negatively impact it for people you know when they experience it whereas you know like you're describing with uncharted on on uh, vita using that back touch panel yeah that'll negatively impact people's experiences trying to force that down people's throats the one that's a little bit like more experimental is the trigger thing, like how the triggers, you know, depending on uh, certain situations, they can either tighten it and make it harder to press down the trigger or, uh, 
they can make it looser or tighter and, you know, give you different uh, tactile feelings to it. I could see that being kind of annoying for certain things, but if they don't do it too much, if it's just for like texture to give things a different feel, maybe that could be nice. I don't know what it would be useful for in Kingdom Hearts, but I I don't doubt that they could come up with a good use case for it. I think you you know what would probably benefit the most from this kind of stuff is probably the gummy ship. Because with the gummy ship, it's not like the main gameplay, so it's already kind of gimmicky as it is. So throwing that kind of stuff in there, I don't think anybody would really complain. So I I think as as, as, uh, as long as the Kingdom Hearts main gameplay is fine, I think most people wouldn't care if, like, they added that sort of stuff or if like if they like they had a mini a mini game and they used it like remember in uh birth by sleep how they had like the ice cream mini game and kingdom hearts 2 had a bunch of mini games like you know if they had a few of those things in there i don't think it would be a big problem but i guess again at the end of the day you have to remember this is also releasing on some kind of xbox so it can't be too in depth but uh yeah anyway so this uh, last question comes from Mike Arias, and they ask, so with Melody of Memory releasing soon, what are your top five Kingdom Hearts tracks now? Non-Utada tracks, please. Ah, oh, man. I actually like, like, my number one favorite would be the Destiny Islands theme from Kingdom Hearts 2 that plays at the very end of the game. Oh, yeah, that one's really good. That's just a really sweet, like, melody. How do you feel about the one that is um it's basically like the same version but it's in uh in Rechain of Memories where it's the looping version? Do you like, like that, that version one. of it? I like that one, but like the one in Kingdom Hearts 2 is so peaceful because it's like here you are the heroes. Yeah. They're reunited, they're out back on the island, you know, it's peaceful. You know, it's just Riku and Sora, you know, just trading thoughts to each other yeah. after what they've been through. So I like that. That one's good. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I would say dearly beloved, the Kingdom Hearts two variation. Oh yeah, that's such a classic. Uh, that one, I think, for everybody, like especially for you know us OG fans that like played Kingdom Hearts two when it first came out, and like first time hearing that, like t- man, tears, so beautiful. Yes, definitely. Uh, three would be the March Caprice, uh, the, uh, it plays on the end credits of Kingdom Hearts. The, the yeah, original. the original one. Yeah. March yeah. Caprice for piano and orchestra. That one's excellent. Yeah, that one. I love that one. And then this is where it gets tricky now. Yeah. I actually enjoyed, uh, the, the boss fight theme from when you have to fight the, the Norcourt. Yep. And Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, that one's good. And then I would say the last one would probably be... I think I love I love Skullad Kylim's, like, field theme. Oh, yeah. Skullad Kylim's great. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, man. Thinking about it. I mean, Kingdom Hearts just has so many great songs. It's, like, so hard to pick. Like any of them because it's like so so many of so many of them are so good um 
I'm going to do my best to rank these, but I don't think the rank will have any meaning, to be honest. But okay, so I'll just name five that I like. Um, Okay, let's throw in uh, uh, Dearly Beloved from Birth by Sleep. And, you know, I, I, I just, you know, think back to the secret ending from Birth by Sleep and just how powerful that was you know, setting up Sora as, you know, the potential savior for, you know, the Birth by Sleep trio. What a powerful way to, you know, set that up. Um, Yeah, chills every time I watch it. So good. Uh, Let's see. Beyond that, uh, let's see. Uh, Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts 1, Kyrie's theme. That one is like so good. I do love it. I actually decided to make that one of the music. Uh, the music for this episode is a cover of Kyrie. Which one? The very first one. Uh, the yeah. First time it plays. Uh, yeah, I like Kyrie one. There, there's yeah, Kyrie one, two, three. I'll I'll go with Kyrie one. Keep it simple. Um, but yeah, that one amazing. Uh. Okay, I'm gonna say one that doesn't count, and it won't it won't count for my list. But I just have to put it in is specifically Hikari, Hikari instrumental, so not orchestral, but instrumental. The one that plays when uh, Sora sacrifices himself uh, for Kairi in Kingdom Hearts One. I know, yeah, no Utada songs, but uh, I, I just want to throw that one in real quick because that one everybody loves. That one. Uh, how about uh, friends? friends in my heart pick any game but i'll just say uh i really love it in kingdom hearts 2 where uh it plays uh when sora is uh departing from twilight town and he gets a you know tear going down his face and it starts playing man man tears on my end so good uh speaking of kingdom hearts 2 other promise can't go wrong with that I mean, Roxas's theme very up there, but if I had to pick between the two, Other Promise is gonna get it. I don't know what I'm up to. <laughs> I probably only have one left. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, if I have to just go with one more, I'm gonna go with uh, Final World from Kingdom Hearts Three. I'm not saying that's my favorite. Uh, I, I'm sure one of the other ones on my list or anything else is probably my favorite, but uh, I just want to call out Final World because. That song just feels, it's just so beautiful and so otherworldly, you know, appropriately so otherworldly. It feels like, I don't know, when I hear that song, it feels like it could be Final Fantasy, but it could also be Kingdom Hearts. Like, it feels very much still in the Kingdom Hearts style, but it also feels a bit like Final Fantasy. And... If anything, when I hear that, like the word that comes to mind is future. Like this sounds to me like this is what Kingdom Hearts could sound like in the future. This is a different sound. This is a different direction for Kingdom Hearts. Like this sounds like, I don't know, a a look into the future and the possibilities for Kingdom Hearts. So what an amazing like, I don't know, it just gives me such great feeling and like, man, I just man everything about it so cool and when i think about the future of the series like i definitely like to you know 
remember that song and and the the vibes it gives me and i really do like it and gives me like man kingdom hearts is gonna be so awesome in the future i know it so uh yeah i guess that's probably five i don't know i wasn't counting but (laughs) i hope that's good enough so anyway moving on to the music segment so our music for this episode like i said is a cover of Kyrie's theme this is a Kyrie's theme on viola and uh this is from that viola kid on youtube uh i actually just like looked at his channel this guy is like no joke he's actually a train or well i don't know about now if he's still a trainee uh because uh this cover that he did was back in uh 2015 but at least at the time uh he was a trainee at juilliard so that's like pretty serious in terms of like uh music and uh you know l- you know learning music and you know being a or- or orchestra guy so uh definitely enjoy this really high end super high amazing uh cover of Kyrie's theme and uh yeah our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 17th of November so uh definitely check it out then i don't think yeah churro probably not going to be uh alive for that one <laughs> Cause yeah, I think literally the day we're going to record it is probably like right as you're getting your teeth drilled up or the day after, which neither of that is good. Let's just say I've been in a lot of pain. Yeah. So probably not going to be on the next episode. That's, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll see about, uh, I'll see if I can get any comments out of you, but if not, it's fine. We can get it the next episode. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one! Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. And if you guys have... Uh, oh, and if you guys want to support the show, please consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion, and... Please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl, we made it. We had a full show. Yay, we did. See? Surprisingly. Never doubt us. We can always do it. Even if there's nothing, we'll find some kind of weird news somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's probably slowly trickling out with the release of it. Yeah, yeah. Real soon, so. That's true. So... All right, Cheryl, it's goodbye time. Say goodbyes. All right, bye, guys. I'll see you next time, and uh, hopefully my surgery goes for the best. And uh, since I probably won't be there in person, I hope you guys enjoy Melody of Memory. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, good luck on your surgery. I hope heal up well. Enjoy Melody of Memory. Hopefully that'll uh, heal you faster through the, yeah, power, of so. the power of friendship and music. Hearts music. <laughs> yep. Let the music hear your heal your drilled tooth. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. All right. Say goodbyes. I just did. Oh, okay. Brandon, say goodbye. Okay, I will. I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Mm-hmm.